All right. Well, tonight we're going to be uh, in Second Peter. Um, and so we're going to just start in on this book here. Uh, and we're going to do the first, first few verses here. Um, but to give you a little context, this is uh, Peter, one of the apostles uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the ones who uh, closely walked with him was... Uh, had the opportunity to, to go up on the Mount of Transfiguration and uh, get to do all kinds of uh, different wonderful things. Uh, many a times uh, he failed uh, like we do. Uh, and uh, many a times uh, he, was, he was faithful because God had given him that faithfulness. And so uh, as we dive into the Word, um, let me read it for us uh, in these first two verses. It says, Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And so as we kind of talked about like who this is, who is actually writing this letter. Uh, he is writing this letter to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. They are believers. Uh, we don't specifically know uh, what believers they were or where they were from. Uh, but this is a time period right before uh, where Peter is to be put to death. So this is Peter's uh, last will and testament. And so uh, these are the final things that he would say here on this earth uh, to the people that would last a lifetime. And so um, as we think about that and think about who uh, Peter is, um, let's see how he describes himself as he writes this letter about uh, to the people. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And so we have two different ways that he describes himself, as a servant and as an apostle. Uh, the first, uh, a servant, can also be translated as, as a slave, uh, someone who is owned by someone else, a piece of property, uh, in a sense, someone who uh, has a, a lower status, uh, than the one who they are owned by. But as we see who he is owned by, a servant of Jesus Christ. And so he knows that he was bought with a price, that he belongs to the only one who is worthy to purchase us because he is the only one who has paid the ransom for us and given us eternal life through his death, burial, and resurrection. And so as we think about that being owned by someone, um, it's a term that, that has humility with it, calling himself a servant but also one of honor because he's pointing to the one that owns him. He's not pointing to himself as this lowly servant, which he knows is beneath Jesus Christ, but he is pointing to the one and saying, yes, I belong to him. 
Almost like you see a kid run into the room and they see their dad coming and visit them at school or something and they're like, that's my dad. Or that's my big brother. Right? So we see Peter here who is saying, this, I'm his servant. I'm his slave. I belong to Jesus Christ and him alone. And are we joyous in our way that we respond to who we belong to? Or are we trying to be our own men and women and poke out our chest and say, I've got this. I've got this under control. And so then as he, we see this example of how he describes himself, the next word that he goes into is an apostle. Okay, and we know that the apostle is one that established the church. There were 12 of them. And then uh, we had the, the 12. We lost the one, Judas Iscariot. Then you had uh, Matthias added in. But then you have Paul who was an apostle, and he would deem himself the least of the apostles. And so these guys were representatives of Jesus Christ. They were messengers of Jesus Christ. And so this, this term, as they are saying, he has lordship, I belong to him, but he has left me here to represent him into this world. And so we see this beautiful picture of getting the privilege to know who we belong to and knowing what our purpose is to go forth in this first sentence. And so what a beautiful picture that, that Peter gives us here to start off. And whenever you would start a letter, like they wanted to, to allow them to know the authenticity of it. Like this is who this was from. And two ways that he describes himself was to belong to Jesus Christ and to be sent forth to represent him. And I pray that we would be a people that would act in that same way. Then it goes on and it says, To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so to obtain something like like to obtain something is something very precious a, a precious gift like like I don't think about like going and buying a new pair of blue jeans and obtaining them right like they're real casual it's not a special gift that was given to us that was received by it other other translations will say it was a gift who have received of faith because there was nothing that we in ourselves can do to obtain this faith but this faith is given to us by God as a gift and we have to receive it we have to obtain that faith to receive it in and through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ and so this faith that has been given to us is the belief in the perfect and sinless life that Jesus Christ lived on this earth and died the perfect death. He lived the perfect life and died the perfect death and then was raised from the grave. 
And so as we think about this righteousness of our God and Savior, so it is nothing of our own. It is for what He did on the cross on our behalf. And He gives it out to those He deems fit to give it to. Not that He's picking the the most educated or picking anything of that nature. He goes by his own criteria, and he is just. That's why it says he is righteous to do this. And so we go into this, this equal standing, though, this equal standing. So Peter is the one who is saying this, and he is writing it to people who have received, have obtained this faith. And so he is telling them that the same faith that I received from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the same faith that you have in him. I am not greater than you. There is only one who is greater than anyone else, and that is Jesus Christ himself. And so that equal standing that we have, we are all on the level playing field. There is not one part of the body that is more important than the other. The eye can't say to the ear, I have no need for you. Or the hand to the foot, I have no need for you. Because we need each other. We must function in this way to show the glory of God through His church. So that I can look at Victor and I can say, Hey, you have the same equal standing that I do. And I am better with you than without you. Right? When we do membership interviews here at Park, like we, we say, Hey, so what do you see the Lord adding to the body with you? What are your giftings? What are, what are ways that you can uh, edify the body here? Because we are not complete without you joining us. Because if the Lord is calling people to us to join the body, well, then they strengthen a part of the body to where we're able to grab hold of the loss more, more, more better is, <laughs> that's a terrible English, but more better. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my country is just, it just overflows. I can't help it. Um, so, but, but we have this, this beauty here to be on the same playing field. And think about that as we're like thinking of things like singing, holy, holy, holy. Well, we are of equal standing singing to the one true God who is holy, holy, holy. And if you have been bought by Jesus Christ, you have reason to sing that. Because he is holy, holy, holy because he has washed you by his blood and and given you the remission of sin. What a beautiful gift that we receive in Jesus Christ. And then it goes on and it says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. May grace and peace 
be multiplied to you. Can you imagine that? So he's saying not only the grace that you have received in in justification, but I want that grace to continue to multiply in your sanctification throughout all of your days. No matter when I'm going to get crucified on the cross, upside down. As Peter is just pleading with them, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. This is a verse of scripture that I send members whenever they're just receiving struggle or have no clue what to do. Because sometimes that struggle is exactly what God desires for us to be in the midst of. It's not a punishment. He is refining us like Pastor Victor said this morning. He is refining us. But the grace and peace to be multiplied is so that we can keep our focus on Jesus Christ so that we can endure through this world. So that we can have that peace of God because of the reconciliation that we have with God. That's where peace comes from. The peace comes from reconciliation with God. And if we're sitting around saying my situation is not fair. God don't play in fair. He says, hey, be reconciled to me. Stop whining over in the corner and complaining about your situation. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. Well, that is that grace and that peace that he desires to give us. And it is in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So the more we continue to persevere with Christ. And we continue to know him better by reading his word. By fellowshipping with the saints. By prayer and thanksgiving. In all that we do. That knowledge of who he is increases. And therefore in turn we're quicker to turn this way. Because we're seeing his goodness and his kindness. And so we're like, God, his goodness is leading me to repentance. So the more knowledge that I have of him is having me to turn more and more towards him. What a beautiful God that we serve. And Peter is pleading with these people saying, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. And are we that kind of a people? Who will get in the trenches with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And walk alongside them and hold on to them. And say, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. 
And can these friendships that we have in this brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ, can that be grace from God that's given to one another to endure this world? Because he who is in us, in me, is greater than who is in this world. And church, we have that great gift. And if you are out there and do not know of this great gift, God gives it freely by belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. And that faith in that belief is what puts us in equal standing. And I pray that we would be that kind of a people that walk out from this place and are grateful for that truth. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your kindness towards us. Lord, we thank you so much for your, for your word and how true it is. Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us to obtain that faith. Lord, we thank you so much for your righteousness and by your righteousness, Lord. Lord, and I pray that we here at Park, Lord, would be a people that desire for grace and peace to multiply to our brothers and sisters and ourselves. Lord, give us strength to endure. Lord, we love you so much. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.